You're listening to At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. Each week, our team at Wakarusa Missionary Church invites you to join us for a conversation around the topics that shape our lives at home and beyond. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. And welcome back to season three, episode one of At Home, the podcast. Angie Brenneman yes. sitting here with me. And uh, welcome back, Angie. It's welcome been a while. Back. Yes, it's 2023. 2023. And it's been a while since we've had a podcast. Yes. But that's just because we've had a little bit of changes. You might not hear a voice um, here in the mic. That's right. Uh, we are literally sitting in different seats because our friend Joel DeMott uh, has transitioned on from our church. Joel has taken on the role of CEO of Big Brothers, Big Sisters out of the South Bend area, Southern Michigan. And so we're really excited for Joel. But I'm sitting behind a control board that I am catching myself up to speed with. But for the first two seasons, Joel sat behind this board. And, you know, we're a big church about discipleship, and I feel like Joel has set us up well to be able to take this on into season three. So we're going to get into this season three uh, today, and there's going to be some changes that are going to come up. You and I are going to be the primary uh, voices that you hear behind this podcast, but we're going to have some guests along the way. Yeah, we're going to invite some of our good friends that are out in the community working and um, doing the work of Christ. But we're going to sit here, we're going to discuss a little bit about what's being said on Sunday morning and just the sermon series that's going on. So we're just going to start there in um, today. We're going to dive into Second Peter. You started on Sunday. You have a whole new uh, series started. Chris, tell us a little bit about this series. So this series has been birthed for a while. I've been reading through this on my own and the devotions, and and Second Peter jumps out at me for a couple of reasons. One is it's Peter's last words that he's really sharing to the church and to those who are going to come behind him. That's us. I mean, the the second and third generations and generations to follow. And he's giving us some really important advice. And and to me, when I stop and think about somebody's final words, most of the times they've been well thought out, unless it's a shock system. You know, if somebody knows, hey, I'm going to be passing away soon, um, then they may really think through, these are the things that are critical that I want to pass on. And I think it's in that light that we see Peter writing this letter uh, to the to the followers who are coming behind him. Right. And a lot of his other letters that you see address kind of external things, things that are in the church, outside the church, stuff that's going on around them. But this letter is specifically written to me and you as Christians, the internal things that need to happen. And so I really am um, excited about this series called Rooted. Rooted, yes. It, he gives us a lot of topics in what, what the uh, authors have gone on since then as they divided up the letters into chapters like we know them today into three chapters. But he covers a lot of topics uh, in, in a lot. And today we're going to recap a little bit about what happened last Sunday in the Sunday service. Uh, for those of you who are listening last Sunday were, were, were present or you watched online, uh, you know that in 30 minutes I covered 12 pretty significant points. Uh, we're not going to cover all that today. I don't think uh, we can. Twelve's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I, I could barely cover it on Sunday. I uh, walked off the stage and I said to Shauna, man, I feel like I just like flew through this message. Uh, but we want to take time today to go back and pause and, and look at a couple topics. So I had laid out seven reasons why we should study the book of Second Peter. And then I gave just through the introductory uh, verses of, of this book in chapter one, uh, just some highlights over what he talked about. In order to really set the stage, though, 
if I could, I want to read these first few verses of Second Peter chapter 1. This is what it says. This is the New Living Translation. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By his divine power, he has given us everything we need for living a godly life. I don't want to just pause there. That's a good place to pause. But I just, I unpacked really five key questions that I think we have to ask ourselves, even based on the introduction. And Angie, I don't know what you're like. Uh, I I think I do know what you're like. Um, (laughs) I shouldn't have said it quite like that because I think I know you well enough to know. Uh, I think a lot of people plow through an introduction and they want to jump into the meat. Uh, And so sometimes I think we really miss in Scripture some really important facts that are being laid out there. So this isn't just like, hi, I'm Peter. Uh, In a few minutes here, I'm going to tell you some important things. He says some things very much right even in that first verse, and today we're going to talk about that. And so I think um, as you laid this out Sunday, I came to you and I said, hey, these are important questions that we all need to ask ourselves questions. When we're reading God's Word, you, you read God's Word, you take it in, but then the key is, is how is this you know, speaking to me personally? How does it speak to the day? And what is the author actually saying? And you got you to gotta process questions. And so one of your first questions came up about what Peter's first words were in verse 1, which I'm going to read that again. And it says, this letter from Simon Peter, a slave and an apostle. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. When I was sitting down and studying this, I like to, in my time of studying, I like to write out handwrite out the scripture, because then I can write it on paper and draw all kinds of arrows around it and, and connect things. I'll be, I'll be honest, I, I don't think I ever caught that before. I, I don't think I ever paused long enough to identify that he just said in one sentence, he is a slave and he is an apostle. You don't let the pendulum swing much further apart than that. No, a I, slave, I have no authority. I have no say whatsoever. An apostle, I have authority. I am a leader. What my words are, are important and they should be heard. Yeah, there's such a dichotomy there that produces this contrast of what he's saying. But I think the contrast is actually what tells us what he's saying. And so um, as we get into this, we're going to talk a little bit about that he's not saying who he is. He's kind of stating that. He's saying, I am Simon Peter, but whose am I? That's a, like, that's a big deal, that I'm God's. I'm a slave first, and then I'm an apostle. I think sometimes we get really caught up in our resumes, mm-hmm. and like we get caught up into what we do, and hey, I'm a teacher, or you know, I'm a lawyer, or that's our, that's our identity. Peter didn't say that first. He didn't say, I'm an apostle, and then I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. No. He said, I'm a slave. He belonged. In his, in his words, he said, I belong to Jesus Christ first. Then I do the work of Christ. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't like, hey, I have all kinds of authority, so listen. And then, oh, by the way, in false humility, I'm also kind of a slave. You know? Yeah, no. But I want you to think about something, and we didn't talk about this before I pushed record. Um, what do you think about the spectrum there. You have a slave on one hand, and you have one who has great authority on the other hand. Where do you think the everyday follower of Jesus places themselves on the spectrum? 
Mm-hmm. Probably right in the middle. Yeah. I really don't have much authority. I really don't have much responsibility. I really don't have much say so, but I'm not a slave. I mean, like, I still I'm, make my own choices. I make my choices. And, yeah. and, and God is a God of love. So it really doesn't matter, right? What I say or do or how I act or how I live. So I don't have to live like a slave, but I'm really not one in authority either. So I'm kind of like right there comfortably in the middle with not a lot of responsibility, but not a lot of responsibility to have to live a certain way either. Right. But that's not what Peter's saying here. He's saying, no, first off, I'm a slave. I'm, I'm dedicated to obeying my master. Yeah. Listening to my master. What is a slave? They, they um, just go and do their own thing. No, they are instructed by their master to do what they're to do in the day. And so I think that is stating to him, I do what my master's told me to do. I follow him. Right. But on the other end of the spectrum, too, we do, as it goes on in, in, in the scripture yep. there, it also says we share in the same responsibility, in the same uh, faith as he has. So we share in this precious faith. So sometimes I think we sell ourselves short because on one hand, we have more authority, more responsibility, more belonging than we own up to. But also I think we fail to see ourselves as a slave. So when I started to unpack this, there was really four things that really felt like when you really stop and think, what does he mean when he's saying, I am a slave? I want to preface it for anybody who's listening to this and says, slavery, what a horrible word. I just want you to hear from me. I absolutely agree with you. It's got horrible connotations. And slavery, modern day slavery, is an abomination. This is a horrible concept. Slavery in the United States was a horrible thing. This was not a good practice. And so I don't, take, I don't take pride in saying we should be slaves. But when we stop and we think about what he means and what he's actually saying when he calls himself a slave for God, that, that carries some connotation. So I think let's unpack that just a little bit. Right, right. So the first point I think you brought up was the whole idea of possession. Who um, uh, he belonged to. And so as a slave of God, Peter views himself as in possession, uh, as a possession of God, that God possesses him. He is a child. He is a son of God. Right. You and I have a choice. Uh, we can choose that we don't want to serve here at Walker's Missionary Church anymore. We have a choice. You know, I feel like God's calling me somewhere else to serve. I feel like I want to serve somewhere else. That's a choice we have. A slave does not have a choice. A servant does. A servant gets uh, within certain reason to be able to say, I do not any longer want to serve here. Uh, And I think the important part here is he's saying, I I view myself as a possession of God, is that he's saying, I I don't have a choice. I am a possession of God. And that's how I see myself. That's how I view myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so key because he is come through so much. Okay, so Peter's just not this guy that um, had a little you know, run in with Jesus and, and just kind of met him. He walked with him. He talked with him. He denied him. He came back to him. He built the church. He, he strengthened the believers. Um, I think this here is him saying that he not only believes in Jesus Christ, but, but God owns him. God owns his heart, his soul, his mission. And so I think we have to, we have to see that in a reality that uh, for us, we go about our days and yeah, you know, we own a car, we own a house, we, we have a job to do, we, we raise our kids. Everything's kind of 
about me or ours. And, um, but have we ever thought about that? We really don't own anything. Yeah, I think in essence, two words that come out is sold out. We like to say the words, oh, I'm sold out to Christ. I'm sold out to my relationship with God. But are we? Right. And here Peter is in essence saying, no, I'm, I'm a possession. This is, this is something I'm committed. Everything about my life and even, you know, I think it's worth noting, he is probably weeks from what he knows is going to be his execution. Mm-hmm. So he knows what's coming. And he's saying, I, for the cause of Christ, I'm committed. I'm sold out. I belong to him and him alone. And he's the one that guides my thoughts. He's the one that guides my days. Yeah. So we know that Peter's saying, I'm a possession of God. I think secondly, you brought up that he's saying, I'm at the disposal of God. I'm able to serve and to do the things that my master has asked me to do. And so um, in the ancient world, you said, a master could do what he liked with a slave. They had no power of life and death over them. That was in the, you know, in the past. And I think sometimes we, when we talk about the disposal, um, the doing what God's called us to do and walking with him, I think we don't really realize that we are actually surrendering our rights to God. Yeah. We love, I, one of the blessings of living in the United States of America is the freedom that we have, the rights that we have. We actually have something called the Bill of Rights. I'm entitled to this. I, I have this right, and, and you cannot take this right from me. But he's sitting here saying, in essence, I work at the disposal. My life is at the disposal. And as a Christian, I think what we're called to do is surrender our rights to God. And I think, I don't know what your opinion is on this, but I think sometimes the biggest challenge people have in the spiritual maturity in their Christian walk is the idea that I'm giving up my rights to say, Lord, whatever you want to do. Remember, remember growing up back in the day and we'd be like, Lord, I want to serve you. Just don't send me to Africa. Yes. Right? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the conditions that we sometimes put on this relationship with God. Uh, I will accept as long as you don't do this. As long as you give me 2.4 children and as long as you bless me with two vehicles and a four-bedroom house, then okay. you know, here's my rights. I'm, I'm going to stretch you a little bit. I'm going to say, I think that we're there because we live in an entitled society. And this is something that um, Dan and I often discuss. Most people are so far, they live so far from the idea of survival, like to live every day without knowing if you're going to live the next day. And so in that, we think, well, I'm entitled to a good meal. I'm entitled to a bed to sleep in, or I'm entitled to this. And I think that Peter's saying, I, I don't have any rights. You know, I'm, I'm here to do as God calls, and I give up what I think I need. Because I think what you're saying, too, is that we've come to this relationship with Jesus thinking this is what we gain. We're going to gain comfort, comfort and um, joy and happiness. Yes, we gain all of those things. But in that, we're giving up the understanding, I guess you could say, of um, where that comes from, how, it's, how it comes to us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. We get to the point where that entitlement, um, like I committed my life to Christ, therefore 
my life ought to all fig- be figured out. It, I shouldn't come across challenges. I couldn't come, shouldn't come across obstacles in my path. And the reality is when we surrender our rights to the Lord, uh, the beauty of that is we've said you're in control. And that means he's walking with us through those challenges that we face in life. Uh, and we don't have to go through those alone. What a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. But by giving up the rights, you know, when you, when you are under the authority of your parents, you put a lot of trust in your parents. They knew what to do with these situations. They understood what was best. And that's that same concept. But we kind of tell the Lord sometimes when we're battling with this rights issue, listen, I know better in this situation. And, and that's just not the reality. Mm-hmm. We have to let God be God. That's the whole idea is giving our, our idea of what this next step or this struggle or this relationship or this job should look like. And that's what Peter's saying. I'm a slave. Which ties in very much to the next point, which was a slave of God. As a slave of God, Peter lives his life in obedience to God. And so there, there is some similarity there. I'm living at the disposal of God, uh, my life at the disposal of God, whatever he chooses to do. But then there's an obedience factor. Uh, as a slave of God in this situation, he's saying, I, I yield my obedience. I have to obey. My obedience is his. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is long obedience in the same direction. We've talked about it many a times. It takes us towards that spiritual formation, the whole idea of becoming and becoming more of who Christ wants us to be. And so, um, the fourth one, which I think we need to, to do this as we, because obedience isn't just knowing the facts that God loves you and he's died for you and you're his and I'm walking with him, but it's actually doing it and living it out. Yeah. And that's the whole thing is that he says that Peter lives his life in constant service to God. Let's park here for a little bit. This whole idea of living a life in constant service of God. You know, when you think about slavery in the modern world, you think about slavery in the ancient world or in our history, even in the United States, uh, a slave didn't get to say, hey, it's Friday, it's five o'clock, uh, I got I'm some out. downtime coming, all right, I'll see you on Monday. Uh, they said they, they had to live their life in constant service, and so the master got to tell them when they were going to have leisure time, if they were going to have leisure time, uh, and oftentimes that didn't come their way. They were, they were slaves. They were workers. They were on, uh, on call all the time. And they didn't have time to themselves uh, and, and downtime for holidays or, or any of that type of stuff. They didn't have their own, own way of doing things. But let's talk about Christianity today. In, in correlation to that, the Christian cannot deliberately or unconsciously compartmentalize life into the time and activities which belong to God and the time and activities in which they do what they want. And I think this is the big issue. This is it. Uh, you know, if you talk about discipleship today, we have Sunday morning Christians. And then, you know what, we kind of compartmentalize that. We set that aside. This idea of, of being a slave and being in constant service gets set aside. We go, well, that was Sunday. And, yeah. and even that might not be all of Sunday. That might be I showed up at 1030 and uh, 1130. Well, I put in my time. Now I'm done. Now I'm going to go choose what I want to do elsewhere. But the compartmentalization of our spiritual life and the life that often follows the path of the world, they don't equal. They, they, don't, they can't cohabitate. They shouldn't cohabitate. They do, but they shouldn't. Right. And we um, look at that Monday through Saturday oftentimes is our time. Oh, Sunday's God's day. You know, and we even say it in the calendar. 
that, oh, Sunday's, you know, the Sabbath, make it holy. It's God's day. But Monday through Saturday is also God's day in our life. And that's the way Peter goes at it. And I'm really excited because he takes this first little bit, and we, we're just talking about this first verse that is just a definition of who he is, because now that we understand that Peter isn't about who he is, he's about whose he is, he goes into the next verses after that and just says, you got to do all of this. And so over these next weeks, we're going to talk about what this means, what it means to live it out Monday through Saturday, what it means as a parent, as a worker, as a friend as a brother or a sister, because you can't um, be a possession of God in obedience to God and say, well, I don't really want to do this. I'd rather just, you know, do this. And Peter lays it out. Yeah. At the disposal of God or in constant service to God. The one thing is I was writing, the one thing that kept coming back to me is Peter knew who he was in Christ. And so that's why I asked the question, what is our identity in Christ? Do we know who we are in Christ? Uh, and if I, I challenged our folks, do we know who we are? And I, and I really encouraged them to think about it. And I wanted them to chew on it, not just within that, that 60 minutes of a service, but I wanted them to go home and process it throughout the week because I wanted them to answer this question. If people had, uh, if we sat down and said, I have to define my life in Christ, I wanted to know what words would people use? If you had to define your life, and I, and I challenge our listener today, uh, if you had to define what your life was all about in relationship to Jesus Christ, how would you define it? What words would you use? What would the depth of it be? Would you say, I'm a part-time Christian? Would you say, I yield uh, the things that are easy that I don't struggle with to the Lord? I don't, uh, the things I do struggle with, well, that's just something that I'm choosing to do. Or when it comes to obedience, well, I don't want to obey him here, but I do think others should obey him here. Boy, that's a big issue, isn't it? We like to point out where everybody else is sinning, but we don't want to point out where we're struggling. (laughs) Don't talk to me about that, but I want to talk about this. About this. Yeah. Well, okay. So I kind of sat this week and we knew we were going to talk about this um, second Peter passage. And I went back and I'm like, when I open my um, Bible, I have some highlights that I do in different colors. And my first Peter was all marked up. And I was like, okay, Lord, bring that back. What, I mean, I know why it's marked up, but what struck me and why did this idea of identity really strike me? And so I went back and I found it and it was in a devotional and I was sitting there um, and it's all about the whole idea of being known. And Chris, you and I both agree that it's important to be known. Every person, it's, a, it's the deepest need to be known. As a parent, it is important to know your kids, to know who they are. That's one of the, their deepest needs. It's one of ours. That's how God created us. And so I went back to find what um, this devotional read and I I love Paul David Tripp. He's one of my favorite writers. And he says, there is one thing that every human being desperately needs, whether we know it or not, is this need gets to the heart of who we are and to the heart of what God designed you to be and do. And that is the whole idea of being known. And when we know that we are a possession of God, we are um, in constant service to him. We're at the disposal. We're at the d- obedience of him. Doesn't that give us freedom in that knowledge and almost a confidence that I think that's why he listed the apostle second of Jesus Christ? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think so. But I, I, I also would, would take that, and I think that's a really good thought. I think I would take it a bit further. We look at life on earth as the end all. Right. And I think when you look at life on earth as just temporary, light and momentary, as it says in Scripture, and we look at everything through the eyes of eternity to come, then how hard is it to be a slave? Because it, we know the one who carries the authority. We know what our future holds. And I'm excited, personally, I'm excited for eternity. I, I'm looking forward to it. But if we don't live our life with an eye towards eternity, then, then of course we want to take these, what, 50, 60, 70, 80, maybe 90 years of our life and cram everything into it. And then we have to own it. But I don't have to own all of this. I just been called to be obedient. It's like the parenting years. Mm-hmm. I, I yielded my authority to my parents when I was growing up because they knew better. And I say in this life, God knows best. Let's follow him. But follow him with full obedience and, uh, and, and yield our lives, our wills, our rights, our desires to him. And in the end of the day, eternity. Yeah. And I'm going to expand one more time off of that that it then, as Peter gets into it, it affects our relationships with others. It goes out, and it, it has an impact on the people around us. Because one, we understand who we are, that we're known by God, we're loved by God, and we're his child. But then we ourselves are to love others. And so I'm excited about the next couple of weeks because you have, to, you have to pair those two together. You don't just get to sit here all day long and just bask in God's love because he calls us that. Yes, he wants us to bask and he wants us to sit in his love, but he calls us to go and to reach outside of ourselves. Yeah, and, and I'm getting ready for this next week's sermon. And as I'm looking at this, he starts to lay out, this is what it is important to grow as a disciple. This is what growing as a disciple looks like. And this is the guidance that we get as a disciple. So I'm excited about next week. Yeah. So we're going to come back and talk as we go through this Rooted series. I think we're going to gain some perspective. We're going to take, take a listen um, to our ser- sermon on um, Sunday mornings. You can find us on YouTube or in our church app if you look on Google Play or the um, App Store and Apple. You can find Walker Roos Missionary Church and find our services and our uh, podcast there. And I'm excited about that. People are going to have it at their disposal right in there to click on. Yep, so we're back, season three, and so you can expect a weekly episode now, and we invite you to tune in and share this podcast with friends and uh, join us for these weekly conversations as we take the next eight weeks to begin to walk through what Second Peter is all about. So join us on this journey. And friend, we're just glad that you joined us today. I encourage you, uh, take, a, take time, open your Bible, open up uh, Second Peter and start to read through it and just watch the things he calls us to do. And then I ask you, evaluate where you're at. Evaluate your personal life and ask the Lord to show you ways that you need to improve, areas you need to yield back to him. And I believe God will honor that time. Angie? Yeah, good. Season three, episode one is coming to an end. Yes, good to be back. Yep, thank you, listeners. Uh, We'll see you next time. At Home, the podcast is produced by the Wakarusa Missionary Church in Wakarusa, Indiana. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and share this episode. Additional resources related to each episode can be found by visiting walkiemc.org and clicking on the At Home tab. Thanks for listening.